All right, let's go back in our Bibles where we were this morning and turn to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be in verse 25. It was different this morning. It's, it's the way I started out preaching, and it's the way I like to preach, informational. And I think informational can be inspirational. Um, I, I know that most people don't like to hear it in that form in that way, but, but that's the way I was led this morning. And, that, and it's going to be pretty similar tonight. <clears throat> I guess we'll see how it turns out. Kind of... Kind of like Terry met her this morning and said, I, I love to tell my fishing jokes the best because I don't know how they're going to turn out. <laughs> Let's see how this turns out. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. We are picking up right where we have left off, and we are going right into uh, the following events that involve a man named Simeon. We left off with, with the, the firstborn child being presented before God. And in the verses that we're going into tonight, we find out where that child was presented to God. We find out where Joseph and Mary took the baby Jesus to present Him before God. And that was at the temple. It was the place of presentation of the child. And as Joseph and Mary went to the temple with the baby Jesus, they were met along the way, right there at the temple. They were met there by a man named Simeon. Simeon's name means one who hears and obeys. So, some of these songs that David led us in tonight made me think about Simeon because he was a man who would hear and obey. We don't find any kind of title for Simeon. There is nothing we read about Simeon that would tell us that he was a priest. He must have just been a real good, strong, faithful Christian. You know, it's good to have those. Just good, strong, faithful Christians who love the Word of God. Let's go ahead and read a little bit of this as we get started. We'll just read verse 25. And behold... There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. I told you. I told you he's a good Christian. That's a lot of things that... God has had to say about this man. He, he was just and he was devout. So he lived a well-behaved, righteous life. 
And he did so in the right manner with the right attitude. He had the spiritual attitude and he had the spiritual actions that he was to have. He was cautious and he was careful in his relationship with God. He was, he was just and he was devout. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I titled this Simeon's Sermonette. He's actually going to sing us a, a song here in, in just a minute. And, and it, it would make a good sermon. So I just called it Simeon's Sermonette. And what we're going to find and what we even see right there by the fact that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, he obviously had an interest in prophecy. Many, many Christians should and did have an interest in prophecy. It, it seems as though Simeon was, was quite the student of, of prophecy. You know, and, and he was, and, and the result uh, of him loving the Word of God that he had, and the Spirit in him, and the just and devout man that he was, living for Jesus, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel was the first coming of the Messiah, the prophecy that He would be born of a virgin, the Messiah coming in the flesh. Can you imagine everyone who talked to the Old Testament Christians in that day saying, where is this Messiah that's going to be miraculously born? It might be just like in this day when we talk about the second coming of Jesus and how He is coming back to the clouds and He is coming back to get His children one day. And it could be very soon. And people say, well, where's your Jesus? Look how wicked the world is getting. How much more wicked is the world going to get while you wait on your Jesus? Well, He is coming back. And Simeon knew that he was coming the first time. He believed the Word of God. He trusted the promise of God. And, and he, was, he was waiting. He was looking for the Messiah. He was longing and aching and groaning for the Messiah to be manifested upon this earth. You know, we have faith in the Messiah who did come. The Old Testament Christians, they had faith in the Messiah who was to come. That settles the little problem that the college professor had. Oh yeah, well what about all of those people before Jesus came and went to the cross? Well, they believed in Him. God preached before the gospel to Abraham. They believed in the Messiah who was to come. So that helps out that college professor. Anyway, the consolation of Israel summed up is Jesus Christ. That word consolation, it means comfort. 
It means solace. It means that which affords refreshment. Comfort, solace, refreshment. I know Christians who want that and experience some of that and love that. I know unsaved people who want that. That sounds good to a whole lot of people. The world can only find consolation in Jesus Christ. There's a verse, there's a phrase in Thessalonians that always comes to my mind in a, in a time when we really need comfort or want re refreshing. And, and it, it means that Jesus gives everlasting consolation. What a phrase, what a couple of words together. That's what Jesus gives. The world can only find that in Jesus Christ. I went looking for it for a couple of decades and in all the wrong things. Empty promises. It was like cotton candy. And many of us have done the same thing. But we truly find comfort and refreshment in Jesus Christ. He is, He was manifested. He was born of a virgin. He came to us and He is the visible grace of God to you and I. There was an aching hope for this first coming of Jesus Christ by many. Specifically, we see in Simeon here, the first coming of Jesus. He was consumed with it. It was on his heart and mind. And that's the same way we are to be about the second coming of Jesus Christ. We are to be continually looking for Jesus Christ to return. So we see that Simeon, he was just and devout. He was waiting on the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. I know some preachers that say Holy Spirit, whether it says ghost or whether it says spirit, they say spirit. I'm not, I'm not scared to say Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean anything other than Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and we can't make the person of the Holy Spirit to be, out someone, to be someone that, that he is not today. Anyway, Simeon was guided by the Holy Spirit in a special way. Simeon shared something very special with the Lord. You know, the Lord is no respecter of persons, but I tell you what, there's, there's a lot of blessings from, that come from walking with God. I think of Simeon here, and I, I, I see him as alone here, coming to, to Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus, and it, it kind of makes me think of, of Enoch, because Enoch walked with God. Now, the difference in them, Enoch was, he didn't see death, and he was translated to heaven. And, and Simeon is, is going to see death, but something special happened in his relationship with God. God impressed upon him that he had a special promise that he could hold on to. And that was that he was going to see the Messiah before he left the earthly scene to go to heaven. He walked with God and and he and he had a he had a special relationship with God. And and he was what does it say here? The Holy Ghost was 
upon him. Simeon was led of the Holy Spirit. What did, what did his name mean? His, his name means one who hears and obeys. And the idea is he continually walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit persuades us. And, and He leads us. And the Holy Spirit is leading Simeon here. And Simeon is waiting on the consolation of Israel. Okay? He's praying about the first coming of the Messiah. He has promised he's going to see the Messiah. Jumping ahead of myself. But that's the promise to Simeon. He's led of the Holy Spirit. Here Simeon comes to the temple. And guess who he meets there? Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. You, you do the math and see if God didn't orchestrate something here. You know, let us not give our opportunities and occasions and situations to chance or luck or coincidence because God is in all things. How many times have you asked the Lord to interrupt your life? You might have used the word intervene, but sometimes we, we just might get a little blunt and say, interrupt this, Lord. Even if we feel, you know, we're not, we're not confident in, in, in what's going on in a battle with us and a decision we're going to make, interrupt this, Lord, and have your will and your way. The Lord has made a divine appointment for Joseph, Mary, Jesus, and Simeon. They all were at the temple at a precise time, and they met together. Verse 26 says, we continue to talk about Simeon being led of the Holy Spirit. It says, and it was revealed unto him, Simeon, by the Holy Ghost, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. I got a little excited and got a little ahead of myself thinking about that promise that was made to Simeon by the Lord. He impressed it upon his heart somehow that he was going to see Jesus before he left this earth. Now, now we, there are some things we don't know. We don't know when this promise was made to Simeon. We don't know when he died after seeing the, the Messiah. But he was assured by the Holy Spirit that he would at least see him. What, what a blessing that came to Simeon. He didn't earn this blessing, but he walked with God. And he talked with God and he shared with the Lord. And, and this promise happened in his life. The Lord is no respecter of persons, but there are a lot of blessings from walking closely with God. Let me also say this. There might be a lot of burdens from walking closely with God. You know, when we walk with the Lord, 
How much does it hurt us when we see others hurting themselves and not walking close to the Lord? What a burden that is to bear. But there are surely blessings. And and there's a blessing in that even. God God teaches us things. He teaches us patience. and And He teaches us through our blessings and our burdens. Simeon had a very special promise that was made to him that that he should not see death, it says, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Let's, let's go on to verses 27 and 28 here. It says, And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus... Alright, connect that with what we were talking about this morning. And that is to present Jesus before God. To do that was to take Him to the temple. And so when the parents brought in the child Jesus into the temple to do for him after the custom of the law. Okay, Simeon has come in there, came by the Spirit. The the leadership and the influence of the Spirit, he came into the temple. Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Let me just stop right there just for a second. Because we don't have any information that he looked around at different parents with their firstborn son and was going, or I, I, I just feel like I'm led of the Lord. And, and do you have the Messiah? Do, do you have the Messiah? We don't see that. We don't see him even going to Joseph and saying, saying, may I hold your child? He was led of the Spirit into the temple and he went and all of a sudden he has the Messiah in his arms and he's holding him up. So under the guidance and influence of the Spirit, he met them in the temple and thinking about the other parents and the other children that were there. Simeon, consumed with waiting on the consolation of Israel, having on his heart and his mind this promise that he, he was claiming. He was going to see the Messiah, the Messiah before he died. And I can't help but believe that he goes right to him. And he knows that that is the Messiah. That is God in the flesh. This is the one who has come to save his people from their sins. And Simeon went directly to him and took him in his arms. What a moment of the fulfilling of a personal promise from God in this Christian's life. One he had longed for. And he immediately embraced him. He was the Christ child. And he said it. He, what, what do we find? He, he came by the Spirit in the temple. And then he took him up in his arms and blessed God. That means to speak well of God. He was giving praise and all credit to God. Thanking Him for the promise that He had fulfilled 
in his life and he knew he would do it. And Simeon had the Christ child and he wasn't short on words. God blessed Simeon beyond measure. And now he sings a song, a good sermonette, if you will, that he, that he breaks out into in verses 28 through 33. Let's go ahead and read it all. Then we'll go back and, and dismantle some of it. It's, it says, Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said... Man, he says a lot here. We're not even going to cover and expound on everything he says here tonight. But he says, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Some people picture salvation As doing something. As doing something good. Salvation isn't something that you do. Salvation is someone. It is someone who did something that we cannot do. Jesus Christ is salvation. Rest in Him. Trust in Him. This child Simeon held in his arms was was God's salvation for him. And he knew it. And he expressed it. And And he spoke of it. He knew that God's promise had been fulfilled for the entire world that the Messiah would come. And he knew that that promise he made to him personally had been fulfilled. That he got to see the Messiah. Verse 29, he says, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. The source of peace. For this world is Jesus Christ. Tranquility of the the mind. The peace. Peace, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. That changes a life. When we have the peace that is the product of heaven in salvation, there's a big difference in that and before we know salvation in Jesus Christ. It is a very effective thing to know the peace of God. The source for peace for this world is Jesus Christ. 
Simeon is now ready to die in peace. He knew that God was going to fulfill his promise. He had a personal promise from God and he knew he wasn't going to leave this earth until that promise was fulfilled and now he has peace. God, of course, kept his promise. He fulfilled his word. Simeon says here, Lord, now lettest thou, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. He says, now lettest thou, thy servant, depart in peace. That word servant here, it, it, it means slave. I, I, I told you Simeon is a, he's a, he's quite a good Christian. He's quite a faithful Christian. He is privileged to call himself a bond slave for Jesus Christ. He is his servant. He is ready to go in peace according to the word of God. God's word trusted gives us peace to leave this earthly scene. There is no book that we will ever run across like God's Word. I'm so glad I was taken to church one time. And it took, I don't know why, it took several years of me sitting there. But God finally opened up my heart, just like He did yours at some day along the way, and started revealing the truth of His Word. There, there is no book like this. The stability that many have searched for in people and searched for in, in situations and, and, and trying to set up a certain life for a certain stability, it doesn't even compare to what we find in the Word of God. Promises that will not be broken. Someone who will never betray us. Oh, the peace that comes from the Word of God. Hey, Simeon's ready to go. He has peace to go according to thy Word. John 14, 27. What, what does Jesus say to us there? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. What the world gives us, it may promise something, but it's going to give us something else. Jesus says, peace I give you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 16 and 33 Jesus says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Simeon believed the word of God, and he confessed that Jesus Christ is the salvation of God. Verse 31 which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. I, I tell you what, when we look at what Simeon's saying here, he's quite the student of the Scriptures. 
And, and he knows quite a bit. Not confession that he's not confessing that Jesus Christ is salvation to the Jews only. Jesus doesn't just save some people groups. He doesn't save some people of certain shapes, certain sizes, certain colors, or anything like that. But God's planned and prepared salvation through Jesus Christ is for any and for all people everywhere. We become the chosen when we choose Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior of our life. Anyone can become the chosen by choosing to believe in Jesus Christ. He's drawing the world to do that. No man cometh unto the Father except that the Father draw him. Who is he drawing? Well, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God knows no favorites. He has no prejudice. Salvation is for you no matter who you are. Whoever might be listening in out there, salvation is for you no, no matter what you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are. Jesus saves. He saves any and He saves all. The Lord is truly not willing that any should perish. He's a mighty Savior. He's mighty to save. Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Therefore, we have this child that Joseph and Mary have brought into the temple to present him before God. And what does Simeon expound on here and let us know? That this child came to be a light to the Gentiles. He's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, the Jew first and also the Greek. He is light to the Gentiles. To this baby came to show an unbelieving world the way of salvation. God used this baby to do it. Simeon already knew it. Simeon, Simeon knew the Word of God. He knew who he was looking for. He knew what the one was going to do that he was looking for. This baby was the revelation of God. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, the revelation of God. He was just as much the way, the truth, and the life right then in that temple as he was when he said it. And, and, and in those days before He went to the cross, when He completed His mission, when He did the Father's will, and he, and he went to the cross and He gave His perfect life in your place and in my place, died, was buried, raised again, and then walked this earth in a glorified body for some 40 days, and He was seen by over 500 witnesses, and then He was viewed ascending up to heaven. He's on the right hand of the Father, and He's interceding for you and I right now. 
and God manifested him to us to some poor parents who who had this child in an animal trough because they wouldn't let them in the inn. They had traveled a long, hard journey to go to Bethlehem. And they have this little baby. And this is who he is to us. And Simeon held this life in his arms. And he knew he was the way, the truth, and the life then. Jesus is the glory of every believer. I mean, hell is separation from God for all eternity. And there's no fun, there's no, there's no party there like my friend thought and just some immoral party. There's, there's no laughing and all my friends are there as, as my dad said before he ever got saved. It's It's solitude. And it's the only thing that's left over outside of the love of Christ. But the love of Christ went to the cross and sin died there. And He was raised. And, and if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Be sure, be sure you have believed in Jesus Christ surely as your Lord and Savior. Because it's a difference of two destinations which are completely different. And, and as many things as we could expound on about hell, God's not there. God's not reachable. Could anything be worse than that? We're in Ecclesiastes on Wednesday nights and, and, he, and he says a living dog is better than a dead lion. And it's because while someone is alive and breathing, there is the access to Jesus Christ to trust in Him and be saved. What a, what a beautiful moment in our lives when that happens. And, and, and Simeon is expounding on this. He justifies, Jesus does. He saves eternally. Verse 33, after he, he gives his song, sermonette, slash whatever, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things that this man Simeon said about the baby that they're going to raise that Mary herself had birthed. They marveled over those things. Simeon was such a special man of God that if any glimpse of doubt, any problem that Joseph and Mary were having through this, Simeon not only had a promise fulfilled in his life of getting to see the Messiah, but he was also used by God in that to be an encouragement to Joseph and Mary. I mean, they needed it. Look at what they had been through. Look at how it appeared when Mary was expecting a child. And what went through Joseph's mind. And and the embarrassment that Mary was going, could have had concerning the public's view of her, not understanding that heaven had been at work in her life. Well, think of all that they had been through. Think of all that they were going to go through. 
there was a portion of a sermon and, and the preacher mentioned having compassion for what Christ went through at the cross. And that, that preacher was rebuked for that thought. That, no, we just rejoice in what Jesus did on the cross. And, and so another preacher was asked about it. What do you think about the, the thought in there of there being compassion for what Jesus went through at the cross? Someone said that, that doesn't belong. And the, and the preacher that was asked about that said, said, tell him to tell that to Mary. Think about the way Mary felt when Jesus went to the cross. And, 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 and so we have Simeon here, and he is encouraging them in an even greater way. He is further reassuring them of the beautiful plan that God has for this baby. God definitely used Simeon to uplift Joseph and Mary. They needed strength for what lied ahead, and God used this experience to give that very thing to them. But he's not finished yet. Simeon's not finished with what he has to tell them about this child and the prophecy that Simeon was so into. Look with me in verses 34 and 35, and let's look at the, how the Savior severs. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary was pondering before. She's really pondering now. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. It's His name. Jesus Christ is also a stone of stumbling. If, you're, if you have a building project and you're going to make it out of stones, you want to start with the chief cornerstone. If you want to build a life that's going to work spiritually with the Lord, you got to start with Him. He's the chief cornerstone. There are many who are fretting and, and cussing and fussing in this world because they're stumbling over the chief cornerstone to try to build the life that they want to have. He's a chief cornerstone and He's a stone of stumbling. It was said of Jesus as a baby here that He would cause for many a falling, and for many, a rising. There are those that, that stumble at Jesus. They will not look. They will not read what Isaiah said about Jesus taking our stripes. By, and, and what he said about what was said about His wounds and the chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. God gave that prophecy to Isaiah 700 years before Jesus came. 
And there were those who, who would not look at that. And they would not consider that truth. Simeon told them that many won't choose Him. They won't believe. They won't trust in Him. There would be those who would simply choose another way. They want to have life their way. Some people want to kind of tip their hat to Jesus. No, I'm not much on evolution. No, I'm not about Buddha. I'll just tip my hat to Jesus. Something's wrong if we want to do that, but we want our life our own way. Many would rise because of Him, as well as many falling. Many would look. You know, all it takes is the look to Jesus, the Bible says. Many would look and choose and believe and experience real saving faith in Jesus Christ. And He has become the cornerstone for several. As, as we look at this, as we look at the Savior severing, he's, he's a chief cornerstone. He's a stone of stumbling. Some will choose Him. Some will not choose Him. The thing about it is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ causes one to make a choice. We could have a history lesson on Texas here. And I could say something uh, about text. I could say something and have you choose something in the midst of, of my lesson and it just wouldn't be a big deal. Maybe you wouldn't make a choice at all. But when it comes to salvation coming by way of Jesus Christ who died on the cross, was buried and raised again for our sins. And the Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart on the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved. The power of the gospel causes one to have to make a choice. There is a choice to reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And there is an, a choice to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen how Peter says it. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7. Unto you therefore which believe, He is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, that's not just not being good or something like that. The Bible says obey the gospel. Render submissive acceptance to the gospel. Believe the gospel. So, so, so unto you therefore which believe, He is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, we're back to the stone of stumbling and the cheap cornerstone. The stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of, the, of a cor the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. There, there's the wheat and there's the tares. They look alike. Jesus surely knows the difference. Jesus surely knows those who are His children and those who are not. 
And for anyone who is uneasy and having any doubt that they, that they don't think they're a child of God, Jesus wants you to be a child of God. He wants to save you. He's willing to save you. He's on the side of saving you. He wants a mustard seed of faith that you would say, yes, I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I trust Him as my Lord and Savior. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants to save. Jesus is a sign of two different things as we look at Him here. He's love and He's judgment. People who reject the Lord want their own God. They want a God that, that does just enough to establish some order in the world, but, but leaves us alone so that we can live our lives and do our own thing, fulfill the flesh and, and have fun, our own kind of fun and do what we want. There are some who would like to have a God like that. I, I was in a conversation with someone the other day and they said something good about a lifestyle that the government is cramming down our throat and they can't stand it. But at the same time, they said, but I say live and let live. I don't think the government ought to be cramming stuff down our throat, but live and let live. That kind of goes back to a little something I interjected earlier about the burden that we have for those who are not walking with the Lord. The burden for the lost. People think Christians are overstepping their boundaries by reaching out in love to someone to tell them that Jesus is the way, the only way, and there's no way another religion could be right. But we have that burden for others. I just sat there stirring within myself when they said live and let live. Praying for an opportunity to come up at a good time to, to help that. The rejectors do not want a God that demands obedience and self-denial. They don't mind a God of love, indulging love, a, a, lo a messy love with no boundaries, but not, they don't want a God of sacrificial love. People will do for a no-boundaries kind of love, but not a self-denying love. And so, as Simeon mentions this, Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary's mother, Behold, this child is set for the, for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul. He had compassion for what was coming from the Messiah. He, had, he was telling Mary this. He had compassion about what she was going to experience while Jesus went to the cross for all of us. Jesus was going to be killed. Because, because of this, because the, the, this child is set for the fall and rising of many, Jesus was going to be hated and Jesus was going to be killed. Verse 35, that sword that shall pierce through thine own soul also, Mary was going to suffer sorrow at the cross. Simeon is, is expounding on this. 
seeing her son, the only begotten son of God, rejected and killed by men. You know, we, we started out sharing the first coming of Jesus, miraculously born of a virgin and the Holy Spirit. Man was not involved in it. And that's enough for us to talk about in and of itself. But we once again are going from the birth of Jesus to the cross of Jesus. This is because the reason for His birth was so that He could come and die and be buried and raised again. Let me just try to, try to close here tonight with what do we see when we look at the cross? What do people see when they hear about the cross? It's either, we either see His love that causes us to surrender to the grace of God, or it's a repulsive sight and God's grace is rejected. What do we see when we look at the cross? It's either turning to forgiveness... Or turning from forgiveness. Everyone seems to like to pull out the forgiveness card. One man was told about the Lord and how you'll, you know, everyone's going to go before the Lord one day. And one man said, well, isn't there forgiveness there? Not if it doesn't happen here. Looking at the cross. What do we do? The, the power of the message of the cross. We either turn to forgiveness or turn away from forgiveness. Jesus is the visible expression of God's mercy. So do you love His appearing? As Paul wrote. But Jesus would be rejected in such a violent manner... Simeon has in here with what he's saying that that hatred against Jesus is going to be like a sword plunged into the depths of Mary's soul. He, he encouraged them and he reassured them. He gave them encouragement after what they've been through and what they're headed into. But he also lays out the real truth of what's coming. I don't mind that. I, I see love and care in that. When somebody, we, we're so sugar-coated today and politically correct, we're no good in some areas. Some things are real encouraging, some things are real. Overall, it's the most glorious event there is. Praise God, my sins are gone. That's how it happened. They went on Jesus at the cross. When Simeon held up the Lord's salvation up in his arms, he saw two decisions. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Or reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a Christless eternity. No way of turning back to God. No forgiveness. 
Aren't you glad you've believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you never have, would you trust Him now? Would you trust Jesus right now as your Lord and Savior? It's that important that when we meet to worship God, we have a time of invitation, just as there was in the Bible when Peter preached. It's that important. It's a... It's a day in your life that sets your eternity forever. It sets peace in your heart with God. Lord, I'm a sinner. You did die for my sins. You were buried and raised again. You defeated my sins. I believe in you as my Lord and Savior. Would you trust Him tonight? Would you know that you know that you know that you trusted Him? I don't know this... I don't know this testimony personally. I just heard a, a, a very good, reliable preacher say it on the radio. He's in glory now. And there's not a lot of good preachers on the radio, but there are some who are very good. And he said his daughter was struggling. His daughter was... Why, why is she having these doubts? Why is she fretting at the time of invitation? And, and her, her, her daddy was the preacher. And she went down the aisle and said, Dad, I don't know what to think about all this. I'm, I'm tired of the struggle that's going on in my heart. Uh, and, and, and so I'm not trying to get in the finite details of, of where I think I am, where I was. But I just want to confess right now that I believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. I believe in Him. And I want it to be set straight. I know God will take doubt away. He's not the author of confusion. And, and she grew up to be a woman and, and lived her life and never made another profession of faith in Jesus Christ. He's sure to save. Let us pray. Father God Almighty, we bow before you again tonight. And dear God, we thank you for the birth of your precious son. We thank you for manifesting your plan of salvation in this world to us. And Lord, you're coming again. You're coming back to get your children one day. And it could be any time. Lord, it's such a, such a simple plan of salvation that you have for the lost soul to be saved. It happens on a moment in our lives. And if it be that time tonight for someone's life and their soul, Lord, dear God, save them from their sins. May they know that Jesus Christ lives in their heart and that they have a home in heaven. Lord, and let them, let them walk in the peace that, that you gave Simeon. Lord, we love you and praise you for your word tonight. And we thank you for the great things that it does, whether we see them or whether we do, or whether we do not see those things tonight that, that you will bring about as a result. We know your word goes forth and it does not return void. So have your way in the hearts of your people and even that one who may not be your child, but that we might all rejoice in someone becoming your child tonight. 
by grace and through faith in your Son, Jesus. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. If everyone could please stand. Page 414. If you have any questions by, by the Word of God tonight for you.